on the French man. On the Pepe. On the Pepe Lapieu with the French swagger. Shall we head to my favorite planet in the galaxy? The planet of good vibes. The planet of good vibes. The Ladies and gentlemen, we are blasting off into the galaxy of good vibes in approximately five, four, three, two, and one. Top of the morning, folks. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ham Planet Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ham. And if you are new to the show, love to see it. Love to see it. We got a hell of a show ahead of us. Um, the, the preface podcast, we're all about three things here. Good vibes, great people, and glorious stories. So if you're into that, you can respect that, or you yourself are a good viber. Make sure you show some love by liking and subscribing. If you ain't subscribed, figure it out. We're happy to have you here. And if you're returning to the show, love to see it. Tonight, he is a Frenchman. He is an exceptional musician. He is a prestigious Culver Academy's alumni. He is a prestigious Virginia Military Institute alumni. He is a best friend. He is a brother. And he is a man who has been through the ups and downs of life with me for over a decade. And the journey has just begun. He is the one and only Pepe Eric Modui. Let's give it up for Eric, ladies and gents. Let's give it up. Eric, how you doing, brother? It's great. I'm doing well, Peter. How are we doing? Brother, we're doing fantastic. Um, ladies and gents, we're having a Montana special tonight. We're reporting live from Polson, Montana. We are posted up on the balcony having a great time uh, we did some bowling tonight how do, how do we do in bowling tonight eric we did we did well i don't want to you know don't want to basically say that i won the whole thing but yeah we got I a did. humble and I we got a humble frenchman but um we have a very sore loser wisconsin <laughs> but we love him to death um valiant performance by the texan yes by us all. I mean, I don't think any of us have bowled in probably a decade. So it was just fun to get out there. Again, good vibes, good friends. Good vibes, and, good and, friends. And a night for the books. Good bowling, night for the books. Eric, okay, we're jumping right into it. Yeah. If you and I were to go to jail, what would we be going to jail for together? Um, it would probably have to be something like... You know, something to do with you know tax evasion. 
Sure. Tax fraud. Sure. A financial, like a financial I mean, advantage. Something financial, let's be honest. Something very intellectually calculated. But, I could see that. You know, we could be at a bar. Things could turn sour. Could and accidentally the, kill a man, manslaughter. That could be another. Well, it wouldn't be an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't want to have a problem with two rugby men at a bar. I'll tell you that. There's no limits here. But, um, yeah, I could see both of those. Mm. I could see both those. Very acceptable. Very you know, not bad, not bad things to go to jail for. Yeah. I mean, self-defense. And then on the other hand, you know, just sticking it to uncle Sam with shit. Who isn't anyways, brother scooting and booting right along. Eric, you are my only friend who's a Frenchman. Mm. And I take great pride in that. Mm. That's why I always like to put emphasis on the Frenchman. On the Pepe. On the Pepe Lapu with the French swagger. Pepe, what was it like your first time coming to America? Well, I mean, for, I'm, for, I'm for Culver. When oh, you live Culver? here. When when you lived here as a resident. Right. Well, I just want to preface that I'm I am half American, but obviously coming over to the States just as a place to live and go to school. It was, it did come as a culture shock because I did grow up in London um, and I still live there. And so moving from that, you know, urban concrete jungle to the corn of rural cornfields of Indiana it did come as a shock at first, but um, you know, it wasn't, it didn't, you know, phase me at all because, you know, my American family's from Iowa. You come from a tough family. I feel like, uh, I, well, I'm, I mean, your dad is a guy who, like, I wouldn't fuck with. If no, I was no, 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 just he's just across the board. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he plays no games. Yeah, he um, plays no games. No, That's the best no, way to put it. Not. Plays no games, which is a good example for other men out there. Indeed. And play, it was a good, play good no, lesson for me and my brothers. Play no games, and that, that can get you far in life. Mm. But I would also add that it's you should know when to. You know, not drop the act a bit, but learn when to, you know, settle down, have some fun. Absolutely. I think there's a healthy, healthy medium between the two. I absolutely agree, brother. Essential, essential to being successful. Mm -hmm. Essential to being successful. Brother Eric, how did you get into being a musician? I know you've been talented since the day I met you singing in the showers. (laughs) And now we're here years later. Mm things have amplified yeah where did the passion for the music come from well that's quite uh that's quite a loaded question so i mean i'd like to start off by saying that i've always it's always run deep in the family um been singing since i was three four years old started off in the sort of classical you know area choirs and all that kind of stuff um did you play an instrument back then i did i played the piano um and like a lot of people my love that like a lot of people my age, I decided to quit it because I didn't think it was cool enough, which I regret. Um, That's the thing. Like when we were growing up, playing any instrument was like the nerdiest shit to do. But now it's like, damn, that swag. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I mean, where I went to school, I went to kind of a you know a posh school in London, and all they taught us was just the classical, you know, repertoire. And I I think that had they taught us, you know, some of the songs that we'd want to play, say like Queen some Elton John, Billy Joel, I think I would have, you know, continued at it, but um, absolutely. I, I do. That's one of my, you know, small regrets is not, not sticking to the piano. One thing I'll say, uh, I mean, this is piggybacking off 
of that point hmm. is in school, not only in the musical element, but across the board, especially in economics, they do not teach um, or not. This is a generalized statement, but overall, it's not emphasized to teach the modern practical practices. Uh, yeah, when it comes to music, they always try to start off, which with, are hard you know, to teach because there's not as much research behind them. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I think everyone's taught differently. I just happen to be going to kind of a school where they valued Mozart six and all. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh my god, I was in the choir. You know, we were learning. You know, stuff by Beethoven, Vivaldi, like all the you know. 14th century 15th 16th century kind of music, Mozart and Beethoven are baroque, romantic classical music so and I think that was great up to a point right I think I would have been glad to um and happy to like learn you know stuff more along the lines of you know the stuff we're listening to now the stuff that our parents listen to absolutely uh, just to give you a different perspective on things and to give you you know the choice to either you know sing that classical stuff or to sing more contemporary stuff Right. They should expose, or not they, just in general, every type of music should be thrown at you when you're young. Yeah. And whichever one you gravitate towards to, whichever one you feel more musically inclined to or talented towards, right? you pursue that. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, my parents, my parents sort of, we were raised on classical music. My dad, you know, you play any sort of classical piece and he can name you the movement, the symphony within three seconds. Wait, what's a movement? I don't so, know this shit as a Texan. So, so, so certain there are symphonies and there are, you know, there are string quartet pieces. There, there's three movements or four movements. And like my right. dad is that skilled and knows that, you know, genre of music, if you want to call it that so well that you, he could play three, four seconds of a piece and he could tell you what it is. That's it's he's that. I remember waking up every day that I spend the night with you or stayed at your estate. Yeah. Not your estate, but your lake house. Yeah. Ocean house. Panama. Shout out Panama. Shout out Panama. Um, your dad every morning, 8 a.m.? Yep. Before 8 a.m. I mean, that was our alarm clock. I know what you're going to say. I mean, no, he was up to classical music doing things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he would blast it. He had no regard for other people's ears. Which um, you shouldn't. No. And I mean, you should, because uh, that was our alarm clock for our entire... You know, hey, Mr. Modui, I support I it. I support it. Get yeah. your music blasting in the morning. <laughs> get everyone up. It's time to get to work, buddy. Yeah. But I will say this. Like, despite all the classical music that he listened to, he also did um, listen to Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Fleetwood Mac. Good men. The Bee Gees. Um, Love the Bee Gees. And I actually thank uh, my parents for the kind of uh, the disc collection that they had because it's thanks to those kind of those kind of artists that, you know, it you know, sort of propelled me to think that maybe I could do the same. So, Eric, when it comes down to musical inspiration. Yes. Who is one artist who makes you feel like, hey, I can do the same. I can do something similar that they did. They they have paved the path for something that I am confident and fully capable of replicating. Who's given you that? Well, so to circle back to your your other question it, it all really started to you know take shape senior year of uh senior year of college um studying for my finals and for the first time i really started to listen to oasis the strokes stone roses 
Yep. Um, a legend. Especially the song Champagne Supernova, which I know I've mentioned a few times. And that I've was... I love that song since I was a sixth sixth grader. Well, so this is what, what was crazy is that I, growing up, only really listened to songs that my parents would listen to or songs that other people would listen to. I never really found my own kind of my own collection you never had your own ipod well i did but I, again i would only like put on stuff that others would listen to what was on the radio what my, par- my parents would listen to so it would only yeah. it only came about did you have limewire back in britain i did yeah fucking love to see it yeah hope y'all are doing good i think they got a lawsuit yeah i'm pretty sure they lost a lot of money but um not nah, uh champagne supernova by oasis Waterfall by Stone Roses and Robbers by the 1975 were three songs that I listened to at the VMI library that um, I would argue changed my life for the better because it made me think, wow, I can write this kind of music. I love this kind of music. Um, and, and there you go. And then the whole idea of maybe going into finance and asset management, all these things went right out the window. And all I could think about from then on was I want to feel or I want to write songs that make others feel the way these songs make me feel. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more Pepe. And that's what I love Hmm. because, you know, at the end of the day, even people who work for these finance jobs, real estate jobs, insurance jobs, shout out to all of our boys, but you all know who you are. You know, at the end of the day, you are trying to evoke an emotion to achieve a certain outcome. And, I feel like once you're able to boil down how you're able to make people happy and put a financial value on that service you can do to make them happy, that's when you've really hit it on the knuckle. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can picture the moment right there. It was, it was the music video of Champagne Supernova and it was just a collection of, and a mix of both the song and the artistry in the music video that made me feel a certain kind of way that I never felt before. Even though I've right. you know, loved music since I was a kid, it was it was something almost tangible that which I was like, "Wow, I can do that." What what's like? What is this? I want to replicate this. Um, and and yeah, and then it was it was just a it was a thought that that never left my mind from then on. Maybe you know it could have been something that I could have clinged on to for a couple months but it never left even when i started working you know right. working in finance and all that kind of stuff which and it ultimately led me to to want to quit and to pursue music full time which i'm happy you did brother because you're fucking good <laughs> damn voice of an angel we still have work to do but we always got work to do brother. that's a rugby brother mentality eric's a warrior as well which when he assesses a situation and sees that there's more opportunity to be captured there's more growth to occur hmm. he capitalizes well I, I i would say that um i any strides well i'm 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 different to i would say your average average musician average songwriter or you know someone that's more you know in my Thousand in percent. my field of music just because i've gone a completely different route you know went to military high school then went to military school uh, instead of maybe going to you know berkeley college of music i, I do approach the the game, if you want to call it that differently. Um, a lot of you've seen a lot of musicians, a lot of musicians rely really solely on their talent and not um, really just grinding every day, trying to get the songs out and 
their story. I have more of a you know structured, almost militaristic approach when it comes to all this stuff, which I, I which I value, which I value too. One of my favorite sayings: "Where there is structure, there is success." Indeed, uh, but I would I would say as well that London, growing up in London, was a huge factor as well because, I mean, a lot of what I listen to, which is predominantly rock music, has come from England. Um, and so being sort of exposed to that every day, whether it's gigging or the festivals that go on in England or just the, you know, the classic bands that have come from, you know, Manchester, Liverpool, London, um, it really uh, was a big influence in me going down this type of genre. Because I could have, you know, maybe gone pop or oh, you know, more I mean, folk that's music a, that's or a standard. But I finally keyed in on, you know, the rock genre or and the subgenres of rock, whether it's indie rock or psychedelic rock, um, thanks to psychedelic rock. Big fan. Yeah. Um, Pepe, I love it. I'm here for it. I'm just I'm ready to get you out there. Yeah. And um, Eric, how do you pronounce? I know you. You know I'm bad with my French. I'm a Texan. Us Texans, we 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 don't know how to pronounce them words. And uh Eric's band, it ain't a Texan name. <laughs> Eric, can we hear it? Well, you guys better start to learn it. Um it's Give called it's called Motif Garçon. Motif Garçon. We're getting there. Let's get it again. One it's more time. Let's motif, get three times. Motif Garçon. Motif Garçon. In an English accent, it'll be Motif Garçon. Motif garçon. I like it. Yeah. Um, obviously, garçon means boys in French. And Thank it, you, boys. It, it took a it took a while to come up with a band name. My God, it's what's not the story easy. behind the band name? Well, I mean, long story short, um, I was pressured by a great friend of mine, Juliana. Um, she said, "Okay, we need to book you a gig this summer," and I said, "Okay, let's do it." So she booked me a gig June twentieth. Um, and I, so I needed to get a band together. I need to get a name together and I needed to get my songs together. And so how the band name came about was that it started off, um, with an atrocious name, which was, uh, the late bloomers. Um, Fuck, and then, that's rough. And then it progressed to the pink elephants. And then it, then there was a you know smattering of others like beige women's wear. Um, Ooh. what else did we come up with? Going for the cougar audience. Uh, <laughs> um, Broken phones because I had a broken phone at the time. We basically saw we looked at anything. We're like that could be a good name for a band. And then eventually, I the pink elephants. I mean, I I'm not gonna forget y'all. But two, yeah, two together. I'm, I'm with the elephant. Um, you, you're an elephant guy, Aaron. Big elephant guy. Yeah, Aaron's a big. I'm a big elephant guy. As well. Ele- that's why. I, that's why I thought of it. I'm an elephantist. Yeah, and um, and yeah. So eventually, we keyed in on garçon, just because. I don't know. I think I wanted to. What is gar- Garçon? I know Pierre Garçon, not a Dallas Cowboy. So Garçon means in a singular boy or in the plural boys in French. Boys. And um, I always liked the name Pet Shop Boys, which is a great band from the UK. Um, yep. And oh, so legends. I wanted something with boys. And so just decided to translate it just to give a, you know, a sort of a tip of the hat to my French heritage. Um, and then Motif sort of just came out of nowhere. And me and my... What does motif mean? Motif is an artistic idea. It doesn't necessarily have to be in music. It can be in art. It can be in... in I think I've heard anything. it. But it's sort of a recurring 
theme or pattern in in art. And so if it were in music, it would be like a chorus. So or, what a repetitive riff or something like that. The artistic voice? What, so so what is the English translation? Is what I'm trying to say. No, so it's motif motif is is an English word. Motif motif boys. So so in English would be motif boys. Motif boys. <laughs> but it's not. It's called motif garçon. Okay. And so we, motif is English word too. Yeah, motif is an English word. See Texans, not good at our voc- not good at our vocabulary. Good at our made up vocabulary. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we we yeah. Uh, I've got an extensive made up dictionary. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like hab- it. Habitatable was a was a word you said the other habitatable. day. Habitatable. Is the island habitatable? <laughs> is the island habitatable? Is that a word? No. Is it sound funny? Yes. Is Aaron a beach? Yes. And um we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We love you. Let's see the high five on the oh, screen. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were we doing. love you. We'll see you in a hot second. Grab oh. your grab your drink, grab your blanket, grab your good vibes. Kiss someone you love. Get someone you love. Get comfy, get cozy, and we'll see you in a sec. Ladies and gents, what's good? It is commercial break theater here. Here to tell you that we are scooting and booting right along in the episode. So with that being said, we're back to the show. What does it feel like being on the stage, brother? Well, I mean, we've only, I've only performed as a part of a band four times before COVID um, broke. Personally, you've been on stage though, many, many, many times. No, well, no not really. Not, not as a, I mean, obviously I perform by myself and developing covers and that's all well and good, but I think there's a difference when it comes to performing your own material with Absolutely. there being a sort of an end goal behind it, which is that, you know, you want people to remember the songs, you want them to sing back the songs to you. And um, I do think it is, it's a completely different experience to anything i've ever had to deal with it it really it takes you over i can understand why a lot of musicians talk about sort of you know almost going into a different sort of different world when they're on stage because i guess the goal it's kind of what you need well yeah i mean i think i've i've been told by people close to me that um they they hardly recognize me on stage because I kind of you kind of lose yourself you lose yourself in the music. Is it like rugby, Eric? No, it's not at all. It's not at all the same. Because um, that guy's nuts too. Well, it is, but I think it's a completely different. You know, you know what music does to you when a, a great song it's it's sensual. It's, you. Um, it feels good. Yeah, and when it it's, feels and, good, and when that's the, the only way to put it. And good when that's music your song, feels good. And when that's your song, and you ask people to, you know. When you do the old crowd control and you ask people to clap and they clap along when you tell them to sing back when they buy into your music and you're not just some you know sort of cover artist or some wannabe then it takes you someplace it really does and those you're in those 60 those 60 minutes feel like five minutes and before you think you've even started it's over and you want nothing but to get back on stage which which is why i can understand why a lot of artists a lot of you know famous front men you know turn to turn to drugs turn to alcohol alcohol and different things to sort of recreate that kind of feeling they get on stage because it's you can't you can't replicate it 
um, and then once you're done, there's sort of like a silence. You know, when when you're in it, there's so much sound going on. There's music. Um, there's the crowd screaming, screaming your name, screaming your songs, and then it gets you get back to the green room and it's utter silence. And it's it's a peculiar transition. And um, yeah, I mean, from a scientific approach, dopamine endorphins exploding when you're on stage just going bunkers and you come off yeah boom it ain't there like where did it go how can i get it back right um and that's why not being able to perform after doing four you know gigs in quick succession with a lot of success and then going to absolutely nothing for a year and a half it you know it felt odd because we were on a you know we were on the fast track we wanted a gig every other month and we had more and more people come in people were excited to see us play because we bring it we I bring was the energy hyped. um and Aaron was uh, fired up yeah so we got our next gig second of september uh it's coming up in three weeks and i cannot wait um oh, the boys and i betcha i'm i'm so fired up the boys and i are gonna are gonna go nuts on stage i think and we is got the energy exploding yeah i mean across the board across the board something we've been waiting for for a year and a half we're fired up we're tuned up we're dialed in we're in it to win it we're gonna got we got the link to the concert below so you better tune in chief or london listeners or me lady or our london team we love london shout out london London. shout out london shout out france shout out to both of them just good spots england the whole love to see you there's no better city in the world than london i mean you'll argue dallas and you know that kind of stuff well i mean i'm not saying dallas is the best city in the world but we do have the best football team basketball team and mlb i'm not gonna argue argue those things with you i mean there's no reason to because it's true because it's true eric who's your favorite sports team when it boils down to it who's the one team you're like i know it's probably football if i had to support a team, yeah. Um, which and it was the same team I supported when I was a kid. It had to be and it has to be Arsenal, which is a soccer football team. Didier Drogba. No, he was in Chelsea, but I do I oh, fuck with Didier Drogba as well. He was the man. But again, I I just enjoy sports in general and I love to watch it. But I don't have I don't have a team. How about rugby wise? Do you have a favorite international? Well, France, France, of course. France, yeah. And I, you know. Shout out to Ball. Every time. What, Sebastian Shabbat? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he was. Shabbat. Um, what a unit. What a unit. But I mean, what it all boils down to is that I'll usually support just, yeah, whether it's France or the States in a sort of international aspect. And then I'll, you know, when it comes to, say, tennis or, you know, UFC, I'll have like the guys that I'll support. But is at Nadal the end of the day, a beach or not a beach? No, he's, he's the greatest of all time. Amen. That was a test. Yeah. Shout out to adults. <laughs> we love you, Chief. Do we? I, I I honestly do. I'm a big Nadal guy. Yeah. I'm not a Djokovic guy. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just not. I'm not. I don't like his attitude. I'm you don't? not being. I think he's an exceptional talent. Mm. I think the guy knows what he's doing around the tennis racket. Generational talent. No doubt oh, about not it. Even, not even generational. He's... I, I think yeah, best of all time. I think Federer, Nadal, Djokovic will we'll never see the likes of them again. Right, 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 right. I agree. Mm. I agree. But but 
I'm in the dog. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm in the dog guy yeah. over Joker. Yeah. And I mean, what about Roger? Oh, I mean, Roger's just the old school beauty. I think he'll continue playing so long as he keeps winning. And I mean, he's made it to some quarters, some semis. One thing you got to think about is, brother, think about they they win the championship. Hmm. Time, time, and time, and time, and time again. Hmm. All the money, all of the respect, all of the power. Yeah. And, you know, how do they keep going? How do they continue to pursue the standard of excellence? Well, it's, 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 it's beautiful. A, it's, it's a mental, it's a mental strength that, you know, is, can only be linked to, you know, the goats of other sports, whether it's MJ, Tom right. Brady. You have to have that inter-sport, oh, inter-dimensional I, I sport. Just, I think it's just, you know, belief, the killer instinct. And and I think I think it, it goes hand in hand with, with music as well. I think you genuinely have to believe if you want to do well in the music industry. Yeah. You have to genuinely believe that you're the best at what you do and what you write and what you're putting out to the world is... Is, is the best and it's what people want to hear um so i think it's a it's a quality that doesn't just go with sports it goes with anything and music included one thousand percent one thousand percent and one thing going off that eric is i feel like having that mentality having that mentality is what drives you to achieve that result hmm. so continuing to tell yourself that i am exceptional at what i do i do have a special talent. I do believe myself continuing to enhance that belief is so valuable. Yeah. I mean, obviously you don't want to be, you don't want to be delusional. Yeah. You don't, don't want to be a dumbass. You suck and you say, and you tell yourself that every day, then obviously, yeah, then that means you're a dumbass, but there's a, yeah, but there's again, there's always a healthy cockiness involved when it comes to, when it comes to these things. And I think, Obviously, cocky has a negative connotation to it, but confidence, um, those that are cocky obviously have ultimate confidence. good example would be, um, in the music world, would be the Noel Gallagher brothers, brothers that started Oasis. Those guys are super cocky. Would basically say that they're the, you know, the next Beatles, the greatest you know, band would ever to walk the earth. And, and fair enough, they, they, are, they are. They're in my top five for sure. Some of the, I mean, Wonderwall's... I mean, Wonderwall's a beauty. Yeah, and and those albums definitely maybe. What's the story, Morning Glory? Champagne Super, Supernova is an orgasmic song, and if you don't agree, you haven't listened to there's, it. There's so many more songs in their, in their catalog that I think you'd be, you'd be surprised as to how many songs they've got. So, so brother, I used to listen to them aggressively hmm. back in 7th and 8th grade. Back in and, the day. Yeah. Young, 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 old Peter hmm. in Texas, listening to some British man. Yeah. I was vibing hard. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sad in a way that I found all these bands so late. So like Oasis, Arctic Monkeys, The Strokes, The Kooks, Cage the Elephant, Stone Roses, Pulp. Like these are all phenomenal bands that I only yeah. recently started listening to. And that's probably why. And I want to sort of bring back that 
early 2000s 90s rock in an original way because i feel like yeah rock has lost a step in the past like 10 years it has i mean um i mean i hate to say it but it has it has no doubt about it and we need it you know so my goal is to sort of bring back bring back the that kind of music in a in a fresh and original way and for people to sort of to give people sort of nostalgic kind of feel and we and there's a big generation behind that you know yeah oh my god I think Honestly, the amount of the amount of people that have told me that they you know are waiting for the next need, there's a hunger yeah the amount there's of people that told me that they're Milani. waiting for the next oasis and stuff like that is been waiting um been chomping at the beat of uh, and Eric's one of my best friends in the world. <laughs> and oh man, I'm trying to stay focused. <laughs> it's a French and a Texan hanging out. I mean, you odds? love to see it. You love to see it. Eric yeah. and I had the most amazing chemistry on the rugby field that when I think about it today, it still gets me fired up because um, a fly half and an eight band usually are batting heads. Over who gets the ball. Ready to chomp at the bit. I mean, we both we both had it. We both had it. Yeah. No, those are those are some fun days playing rugby. I'm done now. I'm I'll play I'll play touch rugby. I'll play rugby in the park. Really? Man. You're fully out. You're done. I'm out, man. I you know, I, you know, played in college Bebe. and hurt my shoulder. Don't say you're not ready. Permanently though. permanently screwed up my wrist. I can't bend my wrist backwards. Like, yeah. So I think, I think the whole contact scene. I've you know played how many years of it since I was thirteen. So you know, almost ten years of full contact. I think I'm, I think I'm done with it. But we play. Me and my boys back in London. We play touch rugby every Saturday, um, and it's still great fun. Don't need to be hitting. People. Are you still doing up and unders? Grubbers, up and unders, cross fields, you name it. You name it. This guy, Pepe Le Pew, has a foot of the angel. I got to give it to him. Guys kick shit from 50 meters away in the corner, down the net, right down the middle. Wow. Yeah, I never I never really knew where that came from, but apparently I was, that was, good at it so it just went along what? with it yeah it, was, I, it just kind of you when did you know you could kick um i think it was just right it was right before i came to culver um okay. but i think i think it also has to do with the fact that i played you know i come from england so soccer or you know i call it football is you know is a big sport over there so english just, foot it's just being able to kick you um, got that english foot so i think i had the i had the mechanics to be a good kicker um, and then when I arrived at Culver, I don't know, it just sort of happened. It was it was one of those things where I think our coach, Daryl Nolan, shout out to Daryl. Shout out coach. Um, I think had us do like a competition, a kicking competition. Yep. And love the know, I loved it when we would do this. Being being sort of the, the competitor I was at the time. Um obviously you know i wanted to be the kicker because that's it's kind of cool being the kicker it's very dope it's not only actually play, I, you, I think i remember this yeah and oh shit it was this me, is fantastic it was me and a few others and um yeah without you know without saying too much it was you know i i ended up being being named the, the you kicker. whooped that ass <laughs> um and ever since i don't know i think again i think i had to do with 
with growing up in England and, and being just, you know, a soccer player and knowing how to kick the ball and went along with it and then got better and better and better. Got even better at, at VMI when I played, you know, played at uni, played at college. Yep. Yep. And I um, wish we could have played y'all. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think, if I'm being completely honest, I think Bailey would have probably whooped us because we were, um, we were going hard. You guys were going hard. You're, you know, big D1 school. We are, you know, VMI is a small D2 school, but we did get to the, you know, national championship final for D2. Which is huge. Um, which is which is huge. But um yeah, you know, there no one was recruited at VMI. Like you were recruited for Baylor. Um a lot of a lot of the guys were either, not that much though, brother. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, at least for for VMI, bro. We, we had a great program yeah. for how for how small a school we were. Great coach. Rugby coach needs Howell. more support at Baylor, at VMI, and at Culver. Yeah, I mean it's growing. It's a growing sport. But I mean, if you so long as American football is, if you want to build good men, donate to these programs. But a lot of a lot of our a lot of our team were comprised. I'm giving of, all my money to the Baylor and Culver rugby program. Are you? Yes, brother. So long as Daryl's still there. Coach Norton, yeah. To the fence. I mean, yeah, I'll run to the fence as many yeah, times Coach needs me. My God, do you remember the – I would hate – even though I was just there for two years, I hated the um, the preseason training. Oh, yeah. We'd go to the I basketball courts shit. and we'd do suicides for – it was almost like that scene in Miracle where he's having them do suicides on the ice rink. Yeah. And I hated it. We also would do insane body weight, like – Challenge. I, I was so bad at that because I was so Bro, we skinny. I was well, frail ass. We would be time. we would be standing four, kind of like in a circle. And they're in the wrestling mats. Right. And we would have to have one guy climb around all four. Oh, yeah. And move around. And you're supposed to have core strength and stand still mobility. Firm. But hard. not easy. Yeah. And this is this is the thing. I came from like a rugby background. I mean a proper you know you're you know we don't we we didn't do that kind of stuff it was all about you know the technique and the you know the flair of it all and, and then it's i a come to, specialty this is why i, I come a, to Culver. He's, he's telling me to pick up pepper. he's telling me to pick up you and pepper and i'm like a me buck, and pepper a, was like the big boys of the group and i'm like yo i'm like a buck 30 so <laughs> i can't pick these guys up i can pass a ball though and i can run lines and i can sprint but i can <laughs> I do that remember was, one time you getting offered too much weight and you being like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I couldn't. I was just like, yeah, there's no shot. I'm trying to weight. think. Ooh. And then Michael Anthony like showed me because obviously a lot of you guys were wrestlers, like showed me like the proper technique. And fair enough, I actually learned a lot from that because playing American rugby takes a lot of wrestling was a rude awakening because you guys are all, you know, you guys kind of have the American football mentality. Um, not everyone not everyone but like for the most part and i remember the first few games i was like what the fuck is going on here like people are screaming <laughs> like people are just crash balling and it was just like it was it was a completely different style of play so it took me a while to sort of get used to it. um but once you figured it out it was easy once i figured it out it was well not easy but you know I no free sponsors no free sponsors um yeah and yeah. you crush yeah, yeah, yeah brother what was one of your favorite culver rugby memories 
favorite Culver rugby memories. Um, on the field or just with the lads? Let's get both. Uh, on the field, it was probably. Um, we have many, so no, the, you can choose whatever you need. I'm, I'm, it was probably like one of the, one of the kicks I made, like an all important kick. Uh, I don't know if you remember. I had to, I had to basically tie it up. Yep. Um, it was like in the corner, and I just sort of curled it in. There's like a really great video of Daryl like getting down on his knees. Yeah. Like hoping that it goes in and it went in. Right. Um, and another Brain one. To the Lord's. Another one was just, uh, a try I scored, which is I just grubbed it through. Um, grubbed it through, picked it up, put it between the sticks, and then gave us the seven points. It was at that um, like sort of rugby weekend. Where I do. was it? Elkhart. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, the Moose Grounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Shout out right. Moose Grounds. <laughs> Shout out Moose Grounds. And we got vets. Among the lads, it was, I don't know, we were all super tight super tight yeah um so there's i there's there's an, bro that weekend was thing. insane now that i think back at it we played like three we played three 15s matches in two days yeah the full four full matches the four was it four it might have been, been might have yeah. been no i think it was it could have been four but it was three because we won okay that's right that's right that's right, yep, that's right. yep 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 yeah. because i was like boys we gotta win we can't, <laughs> we can't I, and but I also do. I mean, that was that was a tough weekend when we lost our junior year of state. But I, I, always, me- was... I always remember playing the first game, and then literally being sort of sprinted off the field by Daryl. That was not right. Like an ice bath. Um, we all. Feet. And then the next game, some dude dumped me on my fucking collarbone and snapped it, snapped it in two. That was that was a rough one, brother. You remember that one? Of course, I remember that one. Eric. Some, some of those games still haunt me. I'm not going to lie. They still haunt me to the same. Our, final, our final game, like, they were amazing matches. Yeah, they were. And fair play to who was it that Arsenal was Tech wire. or was it were they, who were they called who beat us in our senior year? Our senior year, Arsenal. Arsenal Tech, is that it? Our junior, Columbus. Columbus, yeah. Arsenal, man, Arsenal Tech. That was a toughie. Well, that was a tough game, bro. Still haven't gotten over. We it. almost beat there. God damn! <laughs> Fair play. Didn't they end up winning that? They went end up winning state, didn't they? Oh my god, that is tough. Yeah, let's get a report card check. A check. Um, I don't want to go into it. There's some big boys, man. My god, ladies and gents, what's good? It is commercial break. Peter here. Here to tell you that we are scooting and booting right along in the episode. So with that being said, we're back to the show. Eric, we went to Panama together. Yes, we did. And sure, ladies and gents, right now I could say, oh, what did we do? Oh, what did we explore? Or what did we? But what I'm going to ask is, Eric, what did we do at 3 a.m.? When the waves were blasting ashore and we stood brother and brother after a great talk about family, strength, and brotherhood. What 
happened to the bottle of Captain Morgan in my hand? I don't know. Didn't you see it off? We saw it off. Well, we both. I think it was launched into the sky. (laughs) That was a great little trip. That was fantastic. Did you surf? I tried. That was so funny. Just a mat, just a unit trying to get on a surfboard. And then then you, I just seeing you fall like on a wave is. There's nothing funnier. Well, I'm not a surfer. I know, no, ladies. I know, but like, ladies, not, chance, not, not, I mean, neither am shit. I. I'm not. A, I'm a. You know, I'm a unit. I'm yeah. a good guy. I'm a unit. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to get on a surfboard. Please, God, no. It's embarrassing. It's greasy. It's greasy. What uh, do you think about McGregor, personally? Um, I know you're a boxing critic boxing mma love all that kind of stuff um i love conor mcgregor i think he's gone a good bit. for the game oh fantastic i mean he's turned it into a worldwide global sport he's a beauty. ronda rousey my god they but he he took it to the next level um but conor i've been following conor since since his opening ufc fight um against marcus brimage and i've loved him ever since Heartbroken that he shattered or broke his broke his ankle. I think he's gone a bit a bit too far recently. I think he's just kind of heartbroken that he worked so hard for that fight and then he ended up just snapping his leg in the first round. But I think he needs to tone it down. But then again, he's just, you know, he's made so much money at this point that, you know, does he give a shit anymore? Does he should he give a shit? Should he care about someone, you know, trying to kick his head off? You know, permanently damage him and stuff like that. I don't know. I agree. I agree. Um, but when he was a hungry athlete, he was unstoppable. The mental warfare, psychological, like the, the what he did, psychological fook in the weeds. What, what he did to Jose Aldo and Alvarez, and he, I mean, even even Chad Mendes. It was just he, it was it was epic. It was it was a privilege to see. We've been lucky to see a lot of great athletes in our time. But it yes, was a he's one of them. He's one of them. No yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love him. Love him bits. I fucking love him too. Guys, a beaut and a half. Yeah, would love to meet him someday. Yeah, he's he's Yo, definitely, he's definitely someone you'd want. Connor, to go if you hear this, it. Chief, this is Peter Ham, Eric Modui, two good brothers checking in, saying how you doing, saying good shit. He's probably saying full call. Who can love to see it, mate? We would love to fucking see you. Let's fucking make it happen, Milali. All right, let's dive into some would you rather. And that's from a Texan. Would you rather? Eric, we're going off the dome tonight. Eric, would you rather live life as a turtle? Or as a frog, as a turtle, as a frog. Um, I would probably rather live life as a turtle. Um, Fair, because hey, you're a frog in a pond. Um, don't really have you know that much to go for. Whereas if you're you know a sea turtle, you're out. Especially like, say if you're in the Pacific. In Australia, those like, guys live for thousands. Well, they live for hundreds of years, and they see some probably pretty incredible stuff. They um, see the world change. Yeah, 
And um, okay. I mean, if 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 what's his name from Finding Nemo is anything to go by, he sounds like he was living a rad life. What's his name? Um, um, guys of Beauty. What's his? Or it's a girl. Well, no, it's a guy. Uh, crush. Ew, crush. Crush and Finding May. He looked like he was just sending it every day. Just cruising. Um, so yeah, I would say a turtle, hands down. Okay. Next. Go. Next question. Da, 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 da. Eric, yes. would you rather be able to change the past or predict the future? Or predict the future or change the future? Predict the future. Predict the future. Um, change my own past or change just change past? the past. Well, I don't know. Now we're getting into the whole butterfly effects scenario. I so, love the butterfly effect. Yeah. So I mean, I, I would I would probably like to predict the future. That's you know, it's nice to know what's what's to come ahead. Now, right. But then again, there's also the joy of not knowing. But I think I'd rather be able to predict the future um, i feel like part of what makes us man woman whatever hmm. is that we know. don't know the future yeah but what what would i change in the past next second a fucking meteor could come down and psh, right in the lake right but if we knew that when people you know if we knew say that in a year from now a meteor is going to touch down and destroy all of us when we, when everyone be just a little, have a little nicer to get to to each other, people would be a little bit more. That would. So Why do, we need to live in that mentality, ladies and gents. Yeah. So, I, so I stand by, I stand by what I said. Yeah. Predict the future. I love to see it. Mm. I love to see it. You could stop maybe like calamities from happening, whether they're you know acts of violence Eric, or, or whatever. Oysters or buffalo wings. Buffalo wings. I cannot stand oysters. That's an easy that red easy. wine or white wine. White. I had a terrible, terrible experience with red wine. And I know I'm French and I know it's almost blasphemous to say this. Blasphemy. I it was it's one of those things where I had too much red wine one night. Um went out with some friends. Um and uh basically everything that I drank came back out. Understood. Uh, got the shit kicked out of me by a bouncer and got thrown out of a nightclub I wish I was in London. There, I would have fought um, back. And you. ever since, it has not, you know, it has not appealed to me whatsoever. Um, yeah. So white wine, hands down. I also don't like the sort of how, how viscous red wine is. I don't know. I don't like sort of, I don't like how viscous. it's sort of just, Isn't you know, this a honey word? <laughs> You know, it's sort of like you know, kind of lukewarm Excuse. temperature. <laughs> uh, so yeah, white um, wine. You're making me think of pancake batter. What? Yeah, was well, for me. That's it's that. Nutella, honey. Well, this you know, it's just kind of like it's. It has a thicker, you know, it's a thicker liquid than say white wine. It's kind of like so, yeah. I think viscous is the right word. Vodka or tequila? Tequila. I was also born on Cinco de Mayo, so that's probably why. I tend to also black out on vodka, so I reserve that for special occasions. I'm not a fan of vodka. I'm not a vodka guy. I'm just throwing that out there. Not a vodka guy. Don't want a vodka. Don't give me a vodka. I don't want it. Yeah, tequila, hands down. 
Yeah, I'll take a tequila. Um, tequila yeah, is healthy. Many, I've had many, many great nights on tequila. Oh, have you? Yeah. Well, like what? Well, like, like well, I mean, where do I start? All right, we, we got it. Here we are. Uh- <laughs> so it's a big ass. This is, I mean, whoo. So largest fresh largest water. fresh water lake west, west of the Mississippi. Yeah, is Flathead Lake, Montana Beach. Beach. B- B- Use a beach. B- beach. Um, okay. So that's that question answered. Brother, here's another question. Brother, have you had a good time? Yes, I've had a I've had a great time. Are you feeling good? I'm feeling great. Are you feeling sharp as a knife, my lad? I am. I, am. I could cut it. You could fucking slice a steak slice right in half. Right through anything right now. Eric, you are a brother. You'll always be a great brother of mine. What a night. What a night. What a day. What a week. What a what a day. What a week. What an honor. Because Good time with good people equals good life. I mean, it's science. It's math. It's something. It is. It's a great time. And that's what we're having here, ladies and gents. And on that note, we're going we're gonna to tap. Tap tonight. <laughs> um. T- <laughs> We're gonna. Um, what was I, I saying? I cannot wait. With I'm not gonna say anything over here. We're, We're gonna, gonna tip, finish it. Tip of thine. <laughs> We're gonna tip of thine cap. And uh, tip tip of thine cap. Sure, man. You you're the one who's supposed to be ending this podcast. You fucking. All right, scratch. No, man. Right, that go. has to stay in there. Wait. That has to stay in there. That and is- we, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to tip thine cap to a fantastic evening and an honor with a brother aboard. Pleasure to be here. As we always say, ladies and gents, make sure to share this with your mom, your dad, your uncle, your aunt, your sister, your brother, your, your, your uncle. Your uncle. Share with your uncle. Milkman. They still have milk, man. I have no idea. I was just trying to help you out. In British, maybe they do. In British, yeah. In Britain. Um, all right, I think it's time to. We're gonna call it. Time to call it. I hope you all have a wonderful, sweet night. Just have sweet dreams because sweet dreams are what you deserve. We love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. And as we always say, remember. You can never overdose on the good vibes, ladies and gents. Till next time.
The weasel. Yeah, fucking weasel. You're a fucking rat, a weasel. What a line. What a line from the Mac. What a fucking line. From the line. Mac Daddy. <laughs>